0: Um, so, you know, we're in a series called Remember, um, and I'm not doing the teaching today. I've, I've asked um, our elders to share, and so here's what's going to happen. I want to first, if you're here for the first time, I want to make sure you understand why we've named the series Remember. So really quick, just make sure this makes sense, okay? If you were to take your finger, which is a part of your body, and you were to cut that finger off, it's laying on the floor, that would be a part of your body that we would say is dis. Good. Just making sure you, it's dismembered. So, if you were to pick that finger up and reattach it to the body, then it would be remembered. See what we're doing? Shake your head like this. Okay. Good. So we're we're talking about remembering ourselves, right? So when we remember the people and the promises of God, it helps to reattach us to the body. It helps to reattach us to the goodness of God. See that? See where we went with that? So that's why it's called Remember. So we're taking um, every, every Sunday during November. The first Sunday we talked about, well, we just talked about it earlier in, in when we did the rocking chair thing. We talked about the great cloud of witnesses that surround us. So we remember the people that are in that cloud, and it, somehow that reattaches us to who God is and to why we run this race, right? And then the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about the promises, Right. So before I went out of the country, what I asked our elders was this. Hey, there's, uh, we, we have um, five other elders besides myself. And so I said, there's five of you, and I want you each to take five minutes, and I want you to share with the church a promise that means a lot to you and your family and then why it means a lot. Now, one of our elders, Joe Lucas, is working today, so he's not going to be able to share. And he, he was like, man, you know. I hate that it fell on the Sunday that he couldn't come. So Jay Phillips is going to share. He's going to kind of channel his energy. No, he's going to be Jay, but he's going to take that slot. Um, and I also want to take a minute and just say, Todd, wait, everybody, Todd Dennis. So Todd Dennis has been an elder for how many, like three years? Yeah. So he's been serving as an elder for three years. And so when he doesn't come up here and speak, I didn't want those of you to be like, wait, what's what's wrong with Todd? Todd just like work, school—he's busy. He's in a really busy season. God's doing a lot in him, and so he just told the elders uh, maybe like a month ago, like I really feel like I, I can't serve the way that this position needs, and so I'm going to ask you just to allow me to step off the elder board. So I didn't want you to kind of be like keeping track in your head, going, "Wait a second, where's Todd? He's sitting right there. Why isn't he talking?" So um, he's—that's why he's not up here talking. And so we do. I wanted to say that we appreciate how you serve the body, right? Thank you so much. And what I love about Todd is Todd's a lot like me, so he's going like, oh, sit down, be quiet. Like, <laughs> Stop it. It's all Jesus. He's like, you know, I love that. I love that. So I'm not going to take any more of their time, okay? And I'm not sure who's coming first. So whoever, here we go. I know who's coming first now. This is Kyle. Everybody give Kyle a big hand.
1: Good morning. Can you hear me fine? All right. Again, my name's Kyle Spate. And my promise is, in scriptures, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, and to not harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And I apologize if it gets teary in here, for me at least. Uh, many of you may not know my testimony or where and what I've come from. I was born and raised in a wonderful town of Albemarle. <laughs> Had you worked up, didn't I? (laughs) I grew up in a broken, violent, drug-addicted home with loving parents. Prior to me being born, my mother had multiple miscarriages, and I was the last opportunity for her to ever have children. I was gifted to this world outside of wedlock. No, my God never makes mistakes. While growing up, I had two people in my life I could truly rely on. One was my grandmother, a.k.a. Gran, and the other was my Aunt Donna. Both of these people I owed the world to, but both are in the cloud, and I stand on their shoulders of their legacy. Around my early teenager years, my parents decided to get divorced, and from that moment on, I started joining in with the wrong crowd. I could, I could come and go as I pleased since my parents were so focused on their divorce. I started doing the wrong things like drugs, stealing, fighting, porn, and everything in between. Quickly, my life started down a path that the world would claim a statistic that would not amount to anything and possibly end up in the prison system. Luckily, I was involved in sports throughout high school to keep most of my attention. And during that time, I met a wonderful girl who is now my wife. I believe the first conversation I had with her father, he told me that her daughter would not be dating anyone that didn't attend church. (laughs) So Sunday rolls around, my buddy and I suit up (laughs) for Sunday service. Shannon's mouth fell wide open when I walked into the service that Sunday. Around the same time, I had a few good friends that asked me to youth. Sorry. Uh, asked me to youth on Wednesday night at First Assembly. Since they were good friends, I would entertain their request, and that night youth was wonderful. I enjoyed every part of it. I even remember either Paul teaching on Jeremiah 29:11 or the verse being read during youth that night. When I was younger, my grandmother would drag me to church and make me sing in the children's <laughs> choir. Because she knew the plans that God had for me. After that night at youth, I kept falling victim to sinful ways. But as my relationship grew with Shannon, and so did my walk with Jesus, old friends started melting away, sinful desires started subsiding. During a later part of life, I had to help my wife go through her parents' divorce. And God's plan all along was due to my parents' divorce at an early age. I was able to help her through hers at an older age. God has blessed me with a wonderful wife, two awesome daughters, and another child on the way. I have a wonderful job, a beautiful house, and I get to serve as a leader to this awesome body of believers. Please remember, God has plans for you, and they may not be plans you would ever imagine, Just stay hold to his promises. Thank you.
2: Hello.
3: Uh, I'm Phil. Um, Kyle has tagged me in like WrestleMania, so here we go, we're gonna keep on rolling. I want to tell you my promise and read it to you, and then talk about that passage for a second before I explain it to you, Uh, if you don't mind. So um, you can bring it up. It's from um, Psalm 127. I'm going to read the one off the screen. So, behold, children are a gift of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. How blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them? They will not be ashamed when they speak with their enemies in the gate. So, some of some of yours might say, um, "Children are a gift." Some of them might say, "An inheritance." Some of them um, might say, "A heritage." But all this, this same meaning of something, um, something not earned, you know, something not because of what we've done, but because of who we are, which is. You know, it's been the heart of, of what Paul is is uh, been preaching about in this series is is that we are God's children, um, and so this gift of children that this passage talks about is not because of um, not because of what we've done, but because of who we are. Um, so, if you you may have noticed before, I've I've got this. Um, tattoo on my arm and it gets confused for a lot of things if you hold it like this and you squint it looks like it says the word gin so some people used to think it had it was my wife's name on it um I did have one guy asked me one time um if I was in Israeli special forces so of course I said yeah I mean <laughs> that's awesome right I mean I mean look at me so um um it's, act, it's the word in verse 5, um, blessed, and I know that I at least spelled it right because I'm, I've got a friend who's a Messianic Jewish rabbi. The first time I ever met him, he looked at me and said, why you got Escher written on your arm? And I was like, yes, I spelled it right because there's no going back. So this passage right here, let me, let's just sum it up again. Children are a gift from God. Um, and they, he compares them to like arrows in the hand of a warrior. He says um, how blessed, and that word blessed, a lot of times we're bad about confusing blessed with like I'm blessed because I did something good, which isn't actually being blessed. That's earning something. But that really, the best way to define that word blessed is just happy. So happy is the man, happy is the woman whose, whose quiver is full of arrows, full of children. Um, they will not be ashamed when they speak with their enemies at the gates. And so, um, the pen, your your Bible might say this is, um, Solomon wrote this. Some of them might say it was for Solomon from David. Not, you're not 100% sure. I like to think it was David because it's like a warrior metaphor. Um, have you ever seen um, the... Uh, cloudy with a chance of meatballs the son is always like I don't get fishing metaphors because his dad was a fisherman so David was the warrior um and he's speaking to his son in this this metaphor trying to help him understand life this uh, metaphor of a warrior and he says that children are these arrows right so they're a gift from God and you are happy happy young man happy parent if you've got a a quiver full of them but what this implies is because see that's not the promise Okay, the the we're bad about reading that, and then we stop. The promise is not um, that God gives you a bunch of children. The promise is that you won't be ashamed when you speak with your enemies at the gates. So for David, that might have been very literally enemies show up at the gates, and I've got all these kids, so I've got somebody to defend me, right, to, to defend my honor and fight with me. For us, that's not really the case, and I've got this heritage of children that stand with me and that change the world with me, and then I send out, but... That's the key, is to send out, is to—because you don't leave arrows in a quiver. They don't serve much purpose. Um, there's, a, there's a poet named Khalil Gib- Gibran who said that children came come through you, but not from you. You are the bows from which your children, as living arrows, are sent forth. Um, they are meant to be sent, so they are a gift. It's just like when Paul talks about money in 1 Corinthians and other things— it's not a gift to keep it's a gift to keep an open hand and send out so why this applies to me and why this is important to us is because um, if you've ever heard our story, we are medically infertile um, so to sum that up, spent years um, trying to have kids. Um, I can still remember <laughs> I can still remember meeting with the doctor of a, the one of the most renowned um, fertility um, specialist in the southeast, and um, we sat with him getting ready to, to do two procedures. We did it twice in vitro fertilization. Both failed. I remember sitting in his office and him looking at me and saying, you know, this guy with Lord knows how many letters at the end of his name, I'll do the best that I can is what he said, but you need a miracle. So he told us. Um, and so we kept trying. We took a lot of debt to try and do these procedures we even when it failed, we started to the adoption process, and I remember um, talking to the adoption specialist, and they said, "Look, we think you need to wait a little while because you don't have the, the funds for it and your debt-to-income ratio is too high." And I remember feeling hopeless, but we held to this promise, and my wife um, held to a promise that God sees her and saw us where we are. And so we said, "Let's go get these tattoos because we're going to trust." We had a trip plan to the mountains to get tattoos with friends, and she got sick, and so we canceled it. Turns out that she was pregnant with our first child. It's so... So... God did what that doctor said we needed was a miracle. Um, And so we said, we're gonna honor the Lord and remember this story by still putting these here because happy is the man whose quiver is full but is ready to send them out into the world so really quickly, how, how can this apply to you? Because not everybody's going to have kids. Um, we can't just limit this to having children. This can be adopting children. This can be mentoring. This can be you pouring into somebody's life. This doesn't happen to be limited to kids. This is about you, follower of Jesus, pouring into somebody's life and multiplying and then sending out. And so my prayer for you, can, can, I, I think I went, I took two elders' times. I'm so sorry. Can we just take a second and pray that? Um, one more quote, a German proverb that I found says that many children make many prayers, and many prayers bring much blessing. You can attest to that if you're a parent or if you've poured into somebody's life, it's very hard, but the point of it is to send them out and let them do, be light in a dark world and honor God through that. So can, can you, will you just pray that with me, that um, pray for who God has put in your life, be it children or somebody older or younger than you or somebody you've not even met yet, that he wants you to disciple and to prepare to go out through you. Will you just take a moment and pray, God, help me do that or show me who in my life that is. Father, I pray that you would help us at the gathering to live out our mission to make disciples through our homes, through our workplaces, through our communities. God, I pray that you would help us to raise people up that you have gifted us with and send them out to change the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks.
4: Well, I'm Mel Gardner, and uh, I always heard it's good to start some, any kind of a presentation with a joke, so I, I don't know any jokes. <laughs> but, I, but I did remember that years ago my daughter told me that, uh, or asked me if I had helped God invent dirt because I was so old. And I think I realized why she said that, because her name is Gardner. <laughs> is, that, is, that, is that corny? <laughs> okay. I succeeded then, didn't I? <laughs> Thank you. Okay, my uh, I have a pretty easy time talking about God's promises and remembering God's promises because back in 1988 when my dad died, um, I was... Obviously, I wasn't happy. I was I was upset because it appeared he was going to be okay, but then he died. I'm like, uh, God, why did he die? And so, he didn't really tell me, but I said I got pretty angry. I went out in the woods and got some sticks and started beating on trees and stuff, trying to get my frustration out. I was I was angry with God. Um, I wasn't condemning God because he made a mistake, but I was angry. I didn't like it. Just like when my daddy would. Uh, disciplined me growing up. I didn't like that either, but it was a painful thing. But uh, I thought after he died, you know, what could I do to honor him? And uh, I'll go back to this, but years earlier, God had um, touched my life in a, in a way that included a promise. But on my business card at that time in 1988, I know you can't see it, but I can tell you about it. Um, I th- I thought about God's promises and I And I put on there with my business name, uh, 88. And then between the two eights, I put a little R, a big G, and a little P. For Remember God's Promises. And every time I saw my card, I thought about that. And for a long time, um, there was a good chance I would cry when I looked at it and thought about it. But uh, it was the thing that I did to honor my dad and to... Be a reminder and to honor God and say, you know, God, I know you don't make mistakes, so I'm going to do an honor here. So to my verse, the 2 Thessalonians 3.30, the New American Standard says, But the Lord is faithful, and he will strengthen and protect you from the evil one. Now, the contemporary English version is, is pretty simple, and I like it too. But the Lord can be trusted to make you strong and protect you from harm. And then I think about uh, where I actually became aware of God's promises. when I was about eight years old, I was lying in my bed one night, and we had just moved to a new house um, from an apartment, and my brother and I were in the same bedroom, and I was in my twin bed, and suddenly I was overcome with a, a terror. just I mean, I was terrified. S- something was under my bed that was going to get me. and I mean it was real. And and I I was just, I couldn't draw up small enough. And it was like suddenly God was standing at the foot of my bed. It was like he was standing there. And he looked down and he says, it's okay. I'm going to protect you. And immediately the terror went away. I was still scared because I was eight years old, right? But my heart was, God promised me this. I'm going to receive it, and ever since that day, that promise has been in my heart, whatever I've gone through in my life, and, uh, I think of my grandmother who prayed for me from the time I was born, I'm sure she'd go in her prayer closet, and she would just cry out to the Lord for all of her family and her kids and, and, and her grandkids and stuff, but I know she prayed for me, and I know it made all the difference, um. So as I went through my life and I had all sorts of things that that happened to me, I look back and I see where God protected me in so many different ways. At the time, I wasn't really aware of it because some of the things I was doing were pretty stupid. Uh, You know, partying, drinking, drugs, wine, women, and song, uh, not thinking. You know, like I had a 69 Firebird 400 that we used to have some pretty crazy times in. it wasn't unusual for us to be running down the road at 130 miles an hour, we're going to pick up some girls to go somewhere and party, and um, we did that one time. And, and when we got to, we were going to North Augusta somewhere, and when we got there, and we were slowed down, my right front tire blew out. Poof, right front tire, 130 miles an hour. So I'm like, "Ooh, thank you, Lord!" But I didn't really stop and think He was protecting me exactly like that but i did say thank you but i looked at it and that tire was worn down below the steel threads in there so there's no reason it should have been functioning at 130 miles an hour you know And i look back on uh, time when i was working at a plastic uh, extrusion plant and we were sometimes your plastic when you grind it up to recycle it it would clog up this big grinder and when it did you had to go in and take it apart and take the plastic out and This guy that I played semi-pro football with and I were working on it and I was reaching to pull a piece of plastic out And at that that time he had a, a wrench about that long and he was gonna pop it down and my fink my thumb was under that blade and And the instant he went to pop it he looked over and he pushed it back so it hit my fink thumb and and I had to have 11 stitches, but if God hadn't intervened I wouldn't have a thumb but, but the point of these things, and there are a whole bunch of things I could tell you where I look back and I, I see where God was protecting me because the things he was protecting me from were things that I would need to honor him and to serve him in my life. Like I would need my thumb to do a lot of the, the work and things that I've, I've done. So he saved my thumb. Um, probably the, the, and I'll try to make this a little bit shorter. The thing that is most profound that speaks to how faithful God is to his promises and to each one of us is when I was doing all this drugs and all this craziness, I didn't really realize it at the time, but I had a nervous breakdown because because I was just messed up. <laughs> and And I would get up and I would go do the things I had to do during the day like a robot and just... And I felt like that I was no part of the world, that that nobody could touch me, and that I was just all alone, separated like hell. And I felt like I was standing on this big abyss, and I was looking down into hell, and I could see it. And and at that moment, it was like a dark, dark place, no light. At that moment, though, Jesus came to me, came to me, and he, when I was looking on to that and, and totally separated, he said, You've had enough. Follow me. You're mine. I'm never gonna let you go. So if you if you think for a moment on that, I was trying my best to walk away from him. I didn't know it. But I was part of his family and I am part of his family. And he said to you and me, you're mine, I'll never let you go, no matter what. Thank you. (laughs) I knew he was here somewhere.
2: Well, I'm Jay. I'm the non-elder, but I'm the one that Jesus loves. That's <laughs> important. Read the book of John, you'll get it. Well, my promise is a little different. It's not exactly a promise for me or about me. Well, maybe it is. Are you confused yet? I like promises of God, from God, that, can, that I can share with other people and I can promise this is true, which is basically the whole scriptures, right? We have that freedom. So, I'm going to start with Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and joints and marrow. And is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Now that's a verse, there's a promise about the word of God that if you ponder that long enough you will get the song of the proverb that says the the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. You can't ponder on the that God knows the thoughts and intents of your heart very long before you go, ooh. Right? Uh Paul writes in 2 Timothy, he says, Remember that Jesus Christ, of the seed of David, he's very accurate, right? He's a scholar. Was raised from the dead according to my gospel, for which I suffer troubles as an evildoer, even to the point of chains. And then listen to this. But the word of God is not chained. Man, see, I love that. That's... That right there, that promise excites me beyond anything I can really explain. Uh, Why? Well, one, it reminds me that I must be in the Word to build and maintain intimacy with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And number two is that the Word is a man. Listen. As a matter of fact, if you ever heard me up here or anywhere, you're going to hear this a lot. Close your eyes, because I really want you to see this. John 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him, nothing was made. That was made. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness did not comprehend it. And verse 14 says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory is the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. That's a promise. That's a promise. The word of God, living and powerful. You got to settle that. If you haven't settled that, that the word is living and powerful, that the word is a man, that the word is God, and that you must be born again, and you must be baptized in the Holy Spirit, settle that. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you are so good. What an awesome morning hearing your promises to us, knowing that your word is truth, that your word is living and powerful, that you, Jesus, are the word become flesh, and that you are alive. And the Holy Spirit, you are our guide, you are our counselor. You are to show us all truth. You are to show us a more excellent way, Lord, that our hearts would be open and we would say yes to that today. If we're holding back at all, let today be the day we say, set us free. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.
5: I'm Nehemiah Parham. My wife is Renee, as she was spoken up here earlier. We have three sons and uh, one daughter. The month of November is a time for us to remember all of God's blessings throughout the year as we come together as family and friends that we share at the table. And the scripture I want that I picked out is 1 John 5, verse 14 and 15. It says, This is the confidence we have an approach in approaching God that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked of Him. This scripture is a promise, and results of this scripture, this promise. He will fulfill in us. Renee and her family, when she was growing up, took care of foster kids. They opened up their homes. And Renee and I, when we had got married, we had discussed the same thing as opening our homes up to foster kids because in James 1.27, it talks about widows and orphans that are in distress. What do you want to do? We want to open up our homes, show kids that don't have anything, that they need love, they need a home, they need stability, they need Jesus. So that's what we did. But before that, we wanted to wait for our boys to get to an age where they can understand what we were doing as a family to open up our homes in this. And um, we took in foster kids. We loved them. We showed them Jesus. The best that we possibly can because they needed that stability in their lives and in 1999 my wife got a call from a social worker and had mentioned something to my wife that uh, we have a a baby girl that she has some complications and she's going to need some special attention without hesitation my wife said yes we'll take her so this right here in 1999 was the, ch- the start of something changing in our lives, and our family's lives, because we've been praying this whole time, God use us in a special way, use our family. And on top of that, it was our desire one day to adopt a little girl. We didn't ma- it didn't really matter where she come from, no matter what. That was, that wasn't it. Well, we brought her, she brought her home. Renee had a lot of people praying for this little girl because we knew that from the word that the social worker had mentioned is she's going to have problems, health problems. Guess what? She brought her home. There was nothing wrong with her. She was perfect. She was perfect. This little girl has been a blessing this whole time from the time that we received her. She's, she's been loved by many, just like Jesus would love us unconditionally. That's what we wanted to show. This little girl is now a beautiful woman. And this little girl, I should say this beautiful woman now, young lady, is my daughter. Her name is Katie Rose Barra. And she's loved by many. And I'm, I'm thankful that God has promised us in our family this child from the beginning. And we didn't even know it. We was open to what he would have for us in our family. And what I would have to say is, in the scripture it says this is the confidence that we have. Whatever you are going through as a family, whatever you're going through as an individual, remember to go to him in confidence. you got to have the confidence to go in, into the throne room with God because if you don't have the confidence, what good is it going to be? We have to be assured of ourselves that we got to do what we got to do. we got to get on our knees, and he'll answer us. So don't give up. Have hope because there's hope in God. There's hope in God. Just like this song that they sang, that he'll never give up. Don't never give up. Never give up. We never gave up. We always pursued. We always pursued in faithfulness. You've got to remain faithful no matter what it is. Well, no matter what the struggle is, remain faithful. Don't let your guard down. Keep fighting because you know how to fight. We all know how to fight. Just keep plugging away.
0: don't y'all think Katie should stand up come on Katie just real quick just stand up just real quick just stand up there she is there she is uh churchful introverts so fun isn't it Um, Listen, I don't want to ruin the moment, okay? Because um, they're going to sing the same song that you heard last week, and they're going to sing it again next week. And I told Jennifer earlier, I think I did this series just so I could hear this song about a billion times. It's called Remember. It's a great way for you to reconnect with the Lord. You've heard a lot of really strong promises today. And I hope that what it's done is light a fire in you to reattach yourself to the God of those promises. Plus, side note this church is in good hands y'all those are some good men that were sharing the word of God this morning and I want you to give God some thanks for the men that lead this church yeah so here just close your eyes would you just spend the next few moments with the Lord as Phil and Jenna Stephanie lead us in this song
6: quickly we forget the God who lives in every day. How easy to lose sight that you reside in the mundane. How quickly we forget the power that's running through our veins. The kind of power that empties grace. And oh my soul who you're talking to, the only one who death bows to, that's the God who walks with you. And oh my soul, you know that if he can do it all again His power can, can still raise the day. a dead. Don't tell me that He's finished As we not forget the voice that's holding back the waves Was once a voice that told the skies to pour them into place let us join me in this song of everlasting praise. The only God who empties graves. And oh- on his face, then the power that raised you is about to move again. If you broke through the oceans, you can break through these chains. If you would meet the mountains, you can move them all the same. If death fell before you, and a still on his space, face, then the power that raised you is about to move again. to move, move again. again. his power can still raise the dead so don't tell me that he's finished
0: lift your hands to the lord and receive this blessing as we head out and may you have the power to understand as all god's people should how wide how long glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever amen somebody give him praise